0: The name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Many of you know that I I began my ordained ministry in a small town on the Chesapeake, about thirty-five miles north of Baltimore called Havre de Grace. That's the way they say it, though you pass by and it looks gorgeous and it reminded Lafayette of La Havre in France. It's not Havre de Grace, not if you're from there, it's Havre de Grace. Um, Not only being a beautiful town, it is a wonderful walkable little town right on the water and most of the churches are right downtown. And so one of the best times of the year for me was Good Friday, as every year at noon on Good Friday, we would have a city-wide Stations of the Cross. And so we would walk from station to station, but each station was a different church. And so rather than particular crosses like we do here during Lent when we, we hang our Stations of the Cross for that season and we walk them, you know, one, two, three, and so on, Um, In Havre de Grace, the the Catholic Church might be the third station, the Presbyterians might be the fifth, and on and on we would go. And a lot of people would participate. I remember my first year being a little bit shocked and um, surprised that they actually carry a great big cross. Someone had fashioned a cross out of enormous four-by-fours, which were heavy, And so one by one, people would choose to carry the cross. Um, There was an older woman who was easily in her 80s, but this was her thing. Every year on Good Friday, she liked to carry the cross. And so what would happen is she would sort of get under it, and she, I think, thought she was carrying it, but other people sort of had it for her and helped her along the way. Of course, all the Knights of Columbus guys from the Catholic Church, they would carry it on their own, and it was a very, a very muscular Christianity at work. Um, I had a parishioner who was in a wheelchair, and he would help carry the cross. There was a young Methodist girl who was known around town for all her tattoos and piercings. This was something in the early 90s, and she would help carry the cross. It was a great sight. One at a time, each person would put their hand on the cross and then others would help to carry the bulk of that cross. And so nobody was ever alone. There was always backup. And if someone got tired or it was too heavy for them, um, then somebody else was there to take over, ready to lend a hand, ready to show support. I love that image because I think that's what Jesus is getting at when he talks about the way of the cross. Um, To speak of the way of the cross may seem a very strange thing on the Sunday of Labor Day weekend, or also on this Sunday as we move toward an anniversary of September 11th, and people will be feeling many, many feelings around that date. But nevertheless, these are the readings that the church gives us, the readings to look at on this day. And so the gospel invites us at some level and in some way to to put aside other things, to put aside hopes and expectations, passions, resentments, misgivings, even our joys, and focus on the cross Jesus says, whoever does not bear their own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I think we misunderstand these words if we hear them as individualistic, as, as calling me to be involved with the cross. Um, often, especially in our culture, we, we misunderstand this idea, I think. We, we conflate it with St. Paul when St. Paul talks about something that ails him being the, the thorn in his side. And so someone who has an old car that's unreliable and breaks down and causes problems sometimes speaks of that as their cross to bear. Um, Someone who has an ornery relative and finds it difficult to deal with the person but always has to will sometimes refer to that person as, as their cross to bear. In difficult and non-biblical ways, sometimes that term is used to justify wrong and oppression that has nothing to do with the idea of the cross. I've known of a couple where one was abusive to the other, and the one who was the victim would say to her friends, this is my cross to bear. No, it isn't, and no, it wasn't, and it never ever is. There are those in churches who preached about slavery as a cross to bear. No, it wasn't. It had nothing to do with the cross. In our epistle today, St. Paul, um, in some ways, seems to kind of glibly refer to a slave. It was a different culture. It was a different time. And it's also important for us to remember that even though there was slavery in that day, it was nothing like slavery in our country It was particularly in this part of the world where race became linked with slavery. In Paul's culture, a slave could be freed it would work their way out of slavery and then would be a regular sort of middle-class person and regarded as such, fully equal. It was the particular evil genius of this part of the world to relate slavery with race and keep people there for a long, long time. To bear one's cross is a very different thing. I think it's seldom alone. It's much more often like those folks in Havre de Grace on Good Friday. To follow in the way of Jesus means to follow others. It's never a solo calling. <laughs> Jesus is with other people. Other people are following him. And so to follow the cross has no place in isolation. It has to do with our being ready to give up our place for another. It has, to be, it has to do with our being willing to give up privilege, to give up rights even. It has to do with our attempts to put our own needs and desires and passions on hold long enough to look around and notice the needs of others. Of course, that Good Friday illustration of people carrying a cross is a, is a tangible and physical sharing of a load and, and sharing of a burden, but there are so many other ways that we experience the sharing of a burden. As friends gather around one who is sick or awaiting results of a biopsy or a test or is about to undergo surgery, there's participation in the cross of Christ because we're sharing in the situation of another and lifting it up to God for healing and for help. The friends put themselves second and lift up their friend who is in need. Whenever someone dies and the whole community is able to gather around the one who lives on, the cross of Christ is shared. And especially in such times, the cross can begin to feel like a a kind of lifeboat or a raft as the, the community of faith begins and does the only thing that can perhaps keep us afloat. They befriend us, they enfold us, they pray for us. Whenever we move out of ourselves in mission, whether that's by hammering nails with a volunteer project or adopting a family or volunteering to tutor or work with a child or or even writing a check sometimes, there's the possibility, if not the probability, of sharing in the cross of Christ. What happens is our lives are reoriented, our priorities are realigned. We make choices based on faith. In our first reading, Moses knows something about making choices. Moses is talking about setting our heart on God. This section we hear from Deuteronomy comes near the end of Moses' life. He's he's spent 40 years with these people, and they're his people, and he loves them. He wants them to prosper. He wants them to live. And so he reminds them of what is at stake. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, Moses says, by loving God, by walking in God's ways, by keeping God's commandments and statutes and ordinances. then you shall live. But if your heart turns away, then you'll perish. Before you is life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life, he says. Love God, obey God, and cleave to God. And so what do these scriptures have to do with us at Holy Trinity at the beginning almost of a new fall season? Well, we have lots of choices before us. Uh, perhaps if you're visiting or have visited before, you wonder, is this church for you? Should you commit here? Should you sign on the dotted line? Should you say out loud that this is your parish, this is your church home? There may be others who are wondering whether this is the time to return home, to come home again. and. With apologies to Thomas Wolfe, one can come home again and again and again. Perhaps there are those whose church home is elsewhere, and yet there's something here that tugs on your heart. Well, there's a, a place for you, too, at whatever level of involvement or commitment. We want you to feel welcome wherever you come from, whoever you may be. And then there are the loyal troops who are here every time the door is open, the faithful, the the tireless, but tired nonetheless, who are the backbone of this place. You are the saints. You have choices as well. How best to carry the cross into the future? How best to, to share in that burden? How best to help others? How much will it cost? What will it look like How will we behave and act and live together? Moses puts all this in a contrast of life and death, of blessing and curse. And so what does it mean for us, for all of us, to keep moving forward into a way of life, of of health and of wholeness? I sort of like that we don't have permanent stations of the cross at Holy Trinity. I like that they're here during the season of Lent, and then they're put away. But during that season, whether we see them on Sundays only, or whether we come on Fridays and walk and pray the stations, or or maybe we sneak in during the week and spend time alone with them, there are people in those stations whose stories stay with us. If we know those stations, that way of rehearsing, that last day as Jesus walks through Jerusalem to Calvary, we remember that there's, there's Simon of Cyrene, there's, there's Veronica, the woman with a the veil, there, there's strangers by Jesus' side, eager to support and ready to help and wanting to do something. There's Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Mary Magdalene and others. And so as we walk the Stations of the Cross and pray them, we find our own place in that story. We wonder, would we have offered help or would we have run away? And so the stations of the cross are images that are on our walls only briefly, but then they go away. And and so there's empty space. There's space for us. How do we support the cross of Christ in our own time, in our own way? How do we help others with their burdens and in so doing, help lift the load for others? Friends, in Christ, this Sunday and in the Sundays to come, I invite you to recommit to Christ, to recommit to walking in the way of the cross. May we pray for each other. May we support each other. May we grow in faith with each other. And may we always walk together in the shadow of the cross of Christ until we see God face to face. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.